Welcome to the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics. Here is your host, Lori Reichel, the Puberty Prof, a nationally recognized health educator, author of the award-winning book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty, and creator of the Talk Puberty app. and welcome to the Puberty Prof Podcast. I'm your host, Lori Reichel, the Puberty Prof. This season of the Puberty Prof Podcast, episodes 27 to 39, is covering more of the mental, emotional, and social events preteens and teens experience or may experience. So who better to start off our season with but two incredible teens, Harper and Lauren are here today to talk about their experiences as well as how young people can not only survive their preteen and teen years, but thrive through those years. Today's episode is part two, in which the two fabulous teens, Lauren and Harper, return to share more about their experiences and advice. Topics include having healthy coping skills, the realities of dealing with expectations, responsibilities, and mistakes as you grow older, and advice for adults and younger people. Thank you again for being here, Lauren and Harper. I'm so glad that you're back. You want to say hi and tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah, so hi, I'm Harper. I'm 15 years old. I'm going to my sophomore year of high school. I play tennis. I own a business. And hi, I'm Lauren. I'm 15 years old, going my sophomore year in high school. I'm a downhill ski racer for like, I think since I was 10. So that's fun. And I'm really excited to be here. Thank you again, the both of you. And as a reminder for you, anytime you want to pass on a question, just like I hope in your school setting, you're allowed to pass on questions, you know, feel free to do that. Also, we have audience members of a variety of ages from younger to older. Now, you had mentioned that it's really a great idea to go to a trusted adult, a counselor at school, parent. What other coping skills would you recommend for preteens or teens to help them get through not just the physical stuff, but the emotional stuff, the mental challenges that go on? What coping skills do you recommend? I think, honestly, it's really important to have some sort of hobby outside of school where you can, you know, have different people around you. And so like, Don't be afraid to sign up for like clubs or extra like sports or anything because even if you don't know a single person, like you're going to make so many friends. And I think that really helped because it was like an escape from all the school drama into people that were just you're there to do something that you love. So whether it's a club or a sport or some sort of activity you're doing Um, and it doesn't have to be like with your school, just like anything or just any hobby, I'd say, where you can just kind of take your mind off of what's happening, but and cope with it in a healthy way, instead of just like sitting at home and like on your phone or something. Because then you're just looking at social media and stuff, which then can like make things worse, I'd say. 
I agree with that, but I think while having those activities and even if you also have people to support you, you really need to also focus on yourself, not just having fun. Well, and having fun, but like you need to focus on your emotions at the time, because I know a lot of people don't know how to deal with them. And that's why some people go straight to a sport and put every little piece they have of themselves out in that sport. And it's draining at one point. But if you even it out, learn how to even it out, the sport, your home, your school and all that, that's important. But it's also important to keep your emotions intact and learn that maybe your sadness will turn into anger and how to deal with that and not just running to like. Don't try to distract yourself. Yeah. So are there specific coping strategies you recommend? Like do either of you journal? I mean, me or you, me or you. Okay. So I've been writing this book since eighth grade and I was trying to get it published and I still am. I haven't written in it for like probably six months now, but so I have probably a good 100, 120 pages of just different poems, different little journalings of my experiences, my emotions, everything I have, and I just put it all down. And sometimes I write for three hours and sometimes it's just like five minutes. And it's something to just let your emotions go and feel like yourself without having everyone surrounded by you. Yeah. And I've heard one of her poems and like, honestly, she's like, so it's insane how like, like when she read it, it was like, I thought it was some famous I don't know, writer, but finding something that you are passionate about and good at and or you can practice and become really good at, I think is really important. So I think for me, playing tennis, I started that in eighth grade and I've like been playing tennis almost every single day this summer. And I did it in a like 30 minutes away in a different town. And so I honestly didn't know a single person and I'm pretty shy, I'd say, when I'm in, like, new environments. So I didn't necessarily make a ton of friends there. But it was just nice to, I guess, not have to, you don't have to make friends all the time. You can just go there. I just played tennis. I was there for tennis. And it, it brought me a lot of joy. And it's just, I think it doesn't distract me from, like, you know, school and all that stuff. But it's it's just something good where I can get out and just... I always feel so much better after I've played tennis. And so I think for me, that's the thing that's honestly helped me a lot. So what I'm hearing you both say is, okay, we have the counselor, we have these activities, the clubs in which I hear tennis. And I believe Lauren, you had said you do some kind of competitive skiing. Um, Yeah, I'm a ski racer. So it's like a whole new me during the winter pretty much. And then I'm hearing express yourself if you want to do it as a, in a journal or poetry, mm-hmm. any kind of writing. And I'm sure there's others that do drawing or yeah. painting and then music. Yeah. yeah, I did art. I did like, I signed up for art. I did art class, but like it was still really fun and a good way to, just a good way to express yourself. And then with music, this isn't like, actually, I don't know if it counts as expressing yourself, but it's not. Um, I don't, like, write my own songs. I don't play an instrument. I used to play guitar, but not, like, 
offset nine-year-old playing guitar. It wasn't anything that special. But my mom and I, I love our car rides and I will try getting her to just take me on a car ride for no reason sometimes. And we turn the music all the way up and we just sing and it's it's therapeutic. Um, not sure why, because we're screaming at the top of our lungs sometimes. Yeah, just, I think listening but, to music in general is just, like I know a lot of teens I feel like music is one of like the top things we talk about with each other. And I know that that is like a really big part of a lot of teenagers lives. Cause like, even in like the old movies, like, you know, eighties movies, like when they're about teenagers, a lot of it is surrounds like music. And I, even if you're not making the music, um, listening to music is therapeutic, but like one of my friends, she's like an amazing guitarist and she's been like, writing music and she wants to like you know pursue that and it's honestly so cool to see like how she's gotten better and she sings a little bit too and I think it's just so cool now I'm looking up somebody that's on the podcast for this season and her name is Haley Weaver and she actually has a website called Haley Drew This you both reminded me of it because she has this website where she now does this web comics and she has people consider emotions and and mental health. So it's emotional and mental health. And so if you get a chance to check it out, because she was honest about when she was younger, struggling with certain things, and that was alluded to here. And then now as an adult, that's one of her coping strategies, which is really great. So Another question for you, because we talked about emotions. I asked a little bit about the physical stuff and then transitioning from elementary to middle school into high school. Let's talk about the responsibilities about getting older. How would you describe that? There's a lot of expectations, I think, not just from your parents, but from everyone. And you have to be more calm, more mature, more put together and you might like show that, but internally you're not. And so it's a clash between what you have to show and what you actually feel. And it's kind of confusing of what you should do sometimes and then what you want to do. Yeah, I think there's a lot more pressure on you because people have higher expectations And I feel like sometimes it's really hard because not only are we going through physical changes, mental changes, environmental changes, new friends, new schools, um, like harder classwork. It's like, how can you expect to put more responsibility on us when we're already going through so much change? And I think it's, it's, it's a little bit, I feel like sometimes it's too much that we're asked of. And also... Like in high school, you're expected to take harder classes. Like I know we both took like all honors and I took an AP class. And it's honestly really hard because like you're just, there's just an added pressure to of grades as well. And like we just found our AP scores out in the summer. So then that's like, like you're just trying to enjoy your summer. But then for the past week, I've been so anxious about finding my score out and It is nice, though, because like a lot of my friends, we can all relate to it, though, and talk about it with each other. But it's still really hard. 
Yeah. And another thing with responsibilities and expectations is that we need to be responsible enough not to do stupid things. Um, and that's expectations. And so when we mess something up and we want to like try something new, um, a lot of times it's frowned upon because it's known as not being a good decision for specific reasons. Like it's not always good to do bad things, but I think that often it's almost like, too high of expectations and that we want to rebel against them. So we just kind of mess up on purpose and then it's the end of the world. It feels like sometimes. Yeah. I think like we try new things because we're just like, curious. we're yeah. Like we're just exploited to new and different things. And so it's hard. Like, you know, (laughs) it's hard to not do it. So, and the reality is you're going to make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. So I think we're just like asking for a little bit more forgiveness because, you know, it's, it's hard to like, yeah, we'll try to fix ourselves, but we can, we need like a supportive environment to do that. Not just, you know, yelling at us and say, you can't do that. (laughs) So maybe you need to have a family meeting or a family car ride to say, okay, let's talk about the family expectations or rules. And can we add one on there about mistakes are okay. That's how we grow. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because to me as an adult, I'll still make mistakes, but I think it's easier to hide it from family members because I don't live with them anymore. So they don't know all my mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like a teen, it's kind of like you're, you're basically almost an adult, but then you still have adults telling you what and what not to do. So it's it's like a weird thing because you know that you're old enough and responsible enough to take care of yourself, but then still have to have someone like watch over you. Like, you know, deep down, you do need someone until you're 18 or living on your own it's good to have your parents look out for you, but then it's also like we need a little bit more freedom as well with it. I'm really happy that I don't have to pay for everything yet. So (laughs) we're having um, my parents right now. Yeah. So it's this weird time where you want more responsibility in a way and you want to be trusted more, but at the same time, you're not able to financially support yourself (laughs) and at times emotionally or mentally too. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is like the best thing about getting older? Um, figuring out yourself almost, because once you come to acceptance of who you are, you can just thrive. You can just be who you are. Um, so what if people don't like you? And I love it's more freedom with yourself. Like you're not all locked on social media, like, oh my gosh, I wish. I looked exactly like that. Like, yeah, you might think that sometimes, but it's not what you don't dwell over it as much as you would when you're like probably 13 or 14. Yeah. And I like, I think the best things is being able to drive. I just got my permit. um, Wow. So I still have to have one of my parents in the car helping me, but it is more freedom. I'm excited when I can drive because then I don't need my parents taking me everywhere and I'll have more freedom. I also, yeah, I agree with Lauren finding out like who you are. And I think I've compared myself less 
like I don't compare myself as much to other girls anymore. I think like I struggle a lot with like body image when I, when I was in like sixth and seventh and eighth grade. And I feel like I'm starting to now love myself more, which is really exciting. And also I think like, uh, yeah, just expressing yourself like with clothing and hair and having more freedom and just that kind of stuff is a lot more. I think that's like one of the best parts Wonderful. And that whole body image thing, thanks for being honest about that, because I think all of us, like it was mentioned earlier, that we can like compare ourselves to others. And to me, that if the sooner you can accept who you are and love who you are, including your body, you know, the mm-hmm. stretch marks, the cellulite, that's part of my inheritance. That's what I say to people. My hips are my inheritance. So because I got that from my my mother and my grandmother and, and the sooner you can accept yourself, it's easier when you see somebody else and go, well, they have a different body shape. So you don't have to do that comparison. Yeah, I think a lot of times your body image is almost genetics. Um, so a lot of times people with abs, yeah, they do work out and all that, but sometimes it is genetics. Same with like hip dips are genetics. You can't do side planks. You can't do that. It won't change your hip dips. Um, What's a hip dip? Um, your hips just that there's like a, there's like two, two bones and depending on how far apart they are, like depending on your specific body shape, it'll, it just kind of shows more like there's like a quite like a literal dip in your hips and that it's kind of like, it was like a trend, I guess, that people were like, not a trend, but saying that they didn't, it was just another like thing on social media that people were pointing out and just like, there's kind of trends with body parts. Like, Ooh, I want a a smaller nose, a bigger, bigger bigger butt, bigger lips. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and it's constantly changing. Cause like, like just years ago, it was trendy to have super thin, um, like, eyebrows but now it's like you want bushy bushy and big (laughs) so it's like you can't just you can't keep up with all the like trends with that stuff you honestly just have to embrace who you are like I have really really um like fair and light eyebrows and like girls would like make fun of me in middle school and I became super self-conscious about that but now I'm like I don't really care like I have kind of almost red hair and redheads don't usually have much eyebrows. So who cares? Love who you are. Yes. Mm -hmm. How about what's the worst part about growing up? And these are two questions that I have on the puberty chit chat cards, as well as on the talk puberty app, because I love when people are able to talk about this stuff. So what do you think is the worst part about getting older? Mental health because it consumes you so much and it is so dark in your life and it's something you will never forget, but yet you want to forget it and yet you don't want to forget it. It's, it's really weird. Um, but so when you say mental health, what does that mean, Lauren? Mental illness, like anxiety, OCD, depression, um, body eating, image stuff, eating disorders. Just all of that consumes who you are in that moment, whether you can control it or not. And that is really hard. 
especially growing up because you don't know who you are. You don't know how your emotions work. You don't know who you can trust or if you can trust anyone as it is. And for me, those situations were the hardest thing I've ever had to think about and live with so far. And I think it's especially hard because people don't really talk about it. Like Lauren and I talk about it, but I really don't talk about it like mental illness with my other friends because I just don't feel comfortable. And so it's important, I think, to have someone that you can talk about it with because then you can relate and just know that you're not the only one that has to do with that stuff because everyone, I think almost everyone has dealt with something like that and like an experience or a mental illness or an eating disorder, anything like that. I think everyone has seen it, dealt with it, knows somebody who's dealt with it and can relate with you. And everything that you're talking about here, it's relating to another episode for this fall. So thank you for mentioning these things because I have somebody from NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. I have somebody that's going to be talking about bullying, who was bullied as a child. I have somebody talking about mindfulness as a coping strategy. So I'm trying to support the mental, emotional, and social health of young people, which leads to my last two questions for you. So the second to last question is, what advice do you have to the adults that are listening in about if they have a young person that is going through this growing up experience? I think it's important to just listen and not always put in your input on the situation because I know like when I'm venting to my mom, I don't always want advice. I sometimes, if I'm specifically asking for advice, then yes, it's important to help out your kid. But I think most importantly, just listen and empathize and just like, yeah, I think that's really important. I agree with that. And like Harper said, sometimes when I'm venting to my mom, she she takes sides of the situation. Usually it's my side, which thank you, um, because yeah. I want to have someone on my side. I don't uh-huh. want to have in the situation. But I usually talk to my mom more about those situations rather than anyone else. And I love being that close to my mom. But I also need to know like what I'm doing wrong. I don't want to get lectured on what I'm doing wrong, but I just want to like, hey, by the way, maybe you shouldn't have done that or something like that. So just being open with us in a respectful, understanding way would be really nice and would make us grow faster than we would if it was just us realizing that like a year later, oh, we probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah, so I think like just give advice if they're asking for advice, give input if they're asking for input, but like just listen if they're not asking anything from you. Of course, like if you need to step in and someone's in danger, then definitely help out. But like just have it's for us, it's just important to have someone that's there to listen to us. I'm getting a sense of the skill of processing that sometimes young people want to process or say things out loud to another person like an adult in which they'll figure out the answers. They want to talk it over, but they don't like what you're saying, not advice. Let us talk out loud so we can figure things out. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Because I think one thing we do have to remember is that we have people that are processor. I'm a processor. It takes me like a day to figure or two days to figure something out. And I might have an event that happens, but I don't have a reaction to it until maybe a day or two later where I'm like, oh, okay, now this is how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, what advice do you have to young people who are listening in? Um, that we know what we're talking about somewhat, but that they might also have a different experience. So we might, what we've said might not always be what you're going through. So just prepare for the worst, but also expect for the best or hope for the best. And just try your best to feel more comfortable in situations that are really hard because there's a saying, oh my gosh, let me think of what it is. It's like, if it doesn't matter in five years, or what's it called? If it's like, yeah, like if it's not going to matter in five years, just do it. Like if you're trying to make a new friend and it doesn't hurt you in five years, just go ahead and make a new friend because it's just, you don't, you can't go back in time. So yeah, I think my advice would be like, don't compare yourselves to other people whether I mean, and that's like e- way easier said than done because we all do. And I think even when you're an adult, everyone compares themselves like not just like physically, but like their lives um, and like they're like, oh, they're traveling right now. I wish I could be traveling. And so trying not to compare yourself. And I think I think having like good close friends helps with that because I'm not constantly like comparing myself with Lauren because we're not friends just to compare. We're just hanging out. I don't know. Yeah. And I think we give each other reassurance, like having that friend, like we love each other. We will always be there. And we've proven that over 11 years. Yes. Like your closest friends aren't going to compare themselves to you and if they are then you know that they're probably not one of your closest friends and I've definitely dealt with that with some of my friends like they can be really judgy and it's really hard because you just when you're with your friends you don't want to be on your guard worrying about are they judging me are they comparing themselves to me so my advice is to find really good friends don't compare yourself and like I think yeah, transition through to middle school to high school is much easier. But even if it isn't, like everyone goes through stuff and you're not alone, so don't be afraid to reach out. Also, just know you don't have to prove yourself to anyone because you're your own person and you don't have to rise up to anyone else's expectations but your own. Um, so if, let's say, you're not she plays tennis. Let's say she wasn't good at tennis. She is, but (laughs) she wasn't. And another person was 10 times better and they talked down. She doesn't have to prove her abilities to become a different person. So who she is, isn't someone bad at tennis. Who she is, is herself. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I think there's a good saying. And actually my mom always says this too. It's there's always going to be someone ahead of you and then there's always going to be someone behind you. So like 
there's always going to be someone that looks up to you and wants to be you and is maybe jealous of you. But then there's always going to be someone ahead of you that you wish you were. And I think sometimes that can be good because you're striving to be better, but you don't want to become someone else. You just want to be the best version of yourself. Wonderful. And what a great way to end our episode today. We're getting a high five here, which is wonderful. Thank you so much for being here, Harper and Lauren, for part two. And I truly hope that you continue staying strong, happy, and healthy. For our listeners out there, please look at the description if you want to have more information about what this podcast is about, or if you want to find out more about NAMI that I referred to, I'll put a link in the description area. And if you are interested in the talk puberty app. I'll put a link in there too. So I thank you all for listening and I hope that you have a happy and healthy day. Thank you for listening to the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow The Puberty Prof on Twitter or Instagram. The Puberty Prof, Lori Reichel, wants to hear from you. Go to pubertyprof.com or click on the link in this episode's description. There you can find more information, as well as ask questions to be answered by The Puberty Prof in a future episode. That's pubertyprof.com. Also, remember to check out the Talk Puberty app and the book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty. Until next time. This is the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics.